Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Wow, I'm really glad to be here. I'm super pumped about five years. I got stuff I want to say, but I want to tell you, first of all, how much I love this young guy. <laughs> and to me, when you look like I look, I, I can call him young. And, and, and of course, Nicole is very young. <laughs> very young. But I, I love them. I believe in them. And when he told me that, that he felt like starting a church, that he just, he said, I have, I, you, know, you know me, I haven't preached. <laughs> I said, David, I used to have to kind of get on to him some because when he traveled with us for a long time and he didn't realize how much of God's word was sort of locked up inside of him until he would get into worship and then he would, in between the songs, stuff would just start spilling out of him because he, didn't, he, he thought he didn't have words to preach. And I said, you've been preaching for years. I used to have to cut you short between the songs there a little bit so we could move on, you know. And I wasn't trying to cut him short, but... Uh, you were teaching me. <laughs> well, we, we were both learning. Uh, during those days, I was, I'd been, uh, I'd been in ministry for decades, but uh, all the, when you really have one of those encounters, like we're talking about, David, one of the biggest things that you come, walk away with is how little you know. You know, you, you. Some people, uh, their spirituality is really just uh, arrogance. Uh, well, they're, they're arrogant. Some people just need to be slapped. <laughs> but you, you don't. You don't have to do it. Okay. Uh, dad. Dad will take care of that. And and when he does, um, it's way different than two kids getting in a fight I, I, I promise you uh, but I am I'm, I'm honored to be here uh, if I remember right I was also with you on your third anniversary I think it was the third I know we, there, we had some pictures I don't know what year there was it was yeah, he's, you've been at every location so yeah Except your living room. <laughs> There's tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, do, do you love David and Nicole? Okay. I love you. I love you. And this shirt, I, he, now, he's the one that said I was a prophet. I've never claimed to be a prophet, okay? I, I've never claimed to be an apostle or anything, a, a doctor. I have been introduced as Dr. Apostle uh, Tommy Tenney, uh, 
I, I don't, I've not tried to put any, anything before my name or after my name. But, so he, he's the one that said I'm a prophet. And when he came and hugged me down there and, and uh, they, were, they were just taking the offering, I said, the next time it's your turn to take the offering, I want David to wear this shirt. That is an offering taking shirt. You see how big that pocket is? I want to see the sunglasses that fit in that pocket. Uh, but so we have laughed and we have cried and we have uh, prayed and uh, I just want you guys to know I am with you in this fight. If it's a fight, I'm with you in this party. If it's a party, what, whatever it is you're doing, you're, you're stuck with me, okay? So you can't get rid of, you can't, you can't fire grandpas. So I wanna be in relationship. And that's, that's the word. And my sweet wife is here. Genius! And, oh, you better go down. I got okay. to introduce her sister, the one you don't know very well. But uh, I, have, uh, I have a, I was only blessed in life to have one sibling, one sister, but I have some other kinfolks and uh, that are as much a sister. And I've got... Uh, and some other kids, like, like Lee, I got David, Lisa, you're one of my kids, and you can't get rid of me. Um, and we, we have some great history. Your story is one of the most amazing. So your story is, is a, a, a true testimony of it's somebody will just listen to what God's saying. Uh, I'll never forget that night that I walked down and talked to you and we were in Augusta, Georgia. I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I remember the, the, the service and uh, some amazing things and Lisa had hit a rough spot in her life. Of course, all of you are so spiritual and, you sing Kumbaya morning, noon, and night. And, and so you've never hit any rough spots, have you? No. <laughs> I've hit so many rough spots, the shocks on my vehicle are, are <laughs> no longer working. She, she hit a rough spot. And uh, we were having a little rough spot in the worship that night because uh, David and Nicole were leading the worship, but... Uh, and, and the, the church drummer was helping, but well, in a former life, I played the drums. And in a former life, my wife played the drums, and we know we know we know rhythm. And you know, uh, when he talked about mixed marriages, I, I'm living in a mixed marriage. Stand up, Jeannie. In a mixed marriage. Uh, why? Because one of the 
pastors that speak into my, my life, Joseph Garlington. Do you know Joseph Garlington? Yes. Okay. Uh, he's he's African-American. When he met my wife for the first time, he, he called me aside and he said, Tommy, I need to tell you something about your wife. And I thought, oh my God. <laughs> she just met him tonight and she's already telling stuff. But it wasn't her. He just pulled me aside because she had been singing that night. And yes. he pulled me aside and he said, uh, I need to talk to you about your wife. And I thought, what? I mean, because he was real serious. He said, she is a miserable woman. <laughs> I didn't know whether to say amen, brother. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't know what she had told him, you know. <laughs> I, 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 yes, he said, because uh, I just heard her sing, and he said, I'm telling you right now, she's a miserable woman, because she is a black woman trapped in a white body, <laughs> and that's miserable, and um, so I live in a mixed marriage. <laughs> You know, we do speak different languages because the, the way she comes to understand something and the way I can, it, it makes me mad sometimes because women, do, do you know this? Did you men know this? Okay, uh, I've got two new grandchildren, both boys, they're both under two years old and it's so much fun watching them. But do you, do you know that uh, at somewhere, I don't know, in, in the gestation stages of a, of a baby as it's growing, that when uh, the first flow of testosterone goes through that uh, baby that is still in the mother's womb, when the first flow of testosterone goes through uh, that baby boy, do you know what it does? This is, a, this is a medical fact. It surgically separates the two hemispheres of their brain. And you women are sitting there and what, I know right now you got all this stuff. I knew it, I knew <laughs> it was something like that. It had to be because you've seen what tes testosterone makes men, I mean, it's what makes men men and, and warriors and makes them uh, fight and their sweat smells funky and, and you know, <laughs> my, uh, my now 14-year-old grandson, he made an announcement of, about a year ago. He said, I think I need to start wearing deodorant. And we, <laughs> we were like, God, you talk to him. <laughs> We'd been telling him, but he didn't. But when you can smell your own stink, okay? And, and so he finally kind of got. To, so testosterone does weird things to humans' brains, and it, and it changed. But so I found out how my wife can arrive at the solution to a problem and tell me what the answer is 
And then when I asked her to explain, how, how do you know that? She said, it's like, don't you know that? <laughs> well, no, how, do you, how did you, you know, kind of like when you do homework, show me your work. I want to see how you, how you logically came to that. She said, no, I just know it. <laughs> now, see, I, I don't know if you're like most of me, but I, I, I have to figure something out. Women just know stuff. Kind of like God in that way, like I just know stuff. And, uh, that's cheating. It's not. We are brain damaged. Don't 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 talk bad about us. We're like we need handicapped parking spaces. I mean, look, our. Two sides of our brain don't even talk to each other. I'm just for real. But women's that that whatever that is between there, the wiring, it's still intact. So they can come up with answers while they're asleep. I was like, they wake. Oh yeah, I knew that. Then it's like they they know they know stuff. Uh, and my, my my wife is, is the same, and uh, but I have uh, uh, I have a sister here. Her, her name is Cindy, and I'm going to call her her before married name Cindy Green. And so I know my name is not Green, but her dad took me in when I was young in ministry and floundering around and uh, thought I understood. Because do you know you can know, you can know a lot about God before you really know God? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, and you can know a lot about the Bible. Uh, there's people that know a, a, a lot about the Bible, but uh, I don't hear a lot of life in what they say so it's like I know that they're quoting it but they're they're leaving off the exclamation marks or something it's just it's but her dad uh, took me in uh, his name's Charles Green our birthdays are one day apart minus 30 years and this past year I turned 67 and and uh, we, we, we lost him. He would be 97, but he made 96. And uh, if he were here, he, he would want you to know he hadn't had a cold in 22 years. 22 years and nine days. I mean, he, he kind of like kept track of all of that stuff. Uh, but uh, just got sick and, and just kind of went home. Wow. Um, same thing happened with my dad. You know, the strange thing about these prophet guys, they sometimes can arrange their taxi cab out of here. Wow, yeah. You know that guy uh, that caught the fiery taxi cab? He, he, he knew 
what time he needed to be over there. Yeah. It was just his job to be there in time to catch the taxi. And yeah. uh, sometimes I think they know I miss, I miss this. And her husband, Matt, I, he's my brother, you know, in love and all that. Love you, brother, bro. But Cindy is my sister, but I want you to know, when you meet her, Cindy, wait, stand up and wave at everybody. She's, she's, she's so cute, yeah. But I, I, I am not responsible for one word that comes out of her mouth. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna get you off the hook too. Neither is Matt. We neither wanna have any control over what, I never know. Uh, I, I can get a text and be in the middle, the most intense board meeting dealing with all kind of problems. And I'll get this text that is irreligious. Uh, funny as all get out. Uh, inappropriate most of the time, especially for the situations, you know. Uh, but uh, David, you're kind of that way. <laughs> Son, I, I, you don't get up here and say our, our church is against mixed marriages. I mean, <laughs> what kind of... You did a good job pulling your foot out of the mud but we all heard that sucking sound as you, you got it out. <laughs> I, I, I never knew what David was going to say. I can tell you, one of the, we, we would be, we'd go walk into a church and, you know, we're meeting people and it could be thousands of people and we're in a green room. By the way, a green room is never green. I have been in thousands of them. I have never been in a green one. I, I don't know why, but I don't know why they call it a green room, really. I, it, some, I don't, I really don't, but you know what a green room is? It's kind of like where we go, because I don't have an office here. They take us in the green room, and they're always so nice. I mean, they'll have food laid out and all this, and they they ask us, do you, do you need anything? And I see David's eyes light up, and I know, oh God. <laughs> I mean, this they look like the assistant pastor's wife is asking us, do you need anything? And David say, do you have an ashtray? <laughs> I've, I've, I've been looking for an ashtray, and and he wouldn't he wouldn't fix it. I would have to fix it and say, I'm sorry, he just, he'll get better when, he'll, you know, once we, yeah. Cindy, I would, I would say this would be a good church for you to go to, but putting you and him at the same, and Lisa, because, uh, if you are easily offended, do not follow Lisa Benyon's Facebook page. <laughs> Nothing religious about it. You, you, you wouldn't know how spiritual she is. You know what we're doing right now? 
we're having church. You, you didn't know that. You didn't, you didn't really like think like, okay, where on the program are we supposed to talk and laugh? And uh, well, you, maybe your idea of church may not be exactly the way. This is family. Okay. So what do you what do you do when we get together at Father's Day or Mother's Day or anniversary? What 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 do you do? Sit around, tell stories. That's why I wanted Dave to tell the story about when starting the church. I, I said I told him I don't care. I, I, well, why? Because stories. Do you know that we are as humans we are hardwired to remember stories but forget facts. We're hardwired to do that. And I'll prove it to you because uh, I've spent my life on this side speaking and watching thousands of people. So I kind of know people's actions. And, you know, uh, when I say something and I see somebody grab their pen, I say, ooh, I said something good. They're going to write it down. They could just be writing their grocery list down. (laughs) It's a true story. I was in a service with Mike Hayes, you know, uh, who, who I, I was I was actually in their wedding. I mean, we go way back, so we can talk. And I, I, I was preaching, and I looked over. Now, I want you to know, Mike Hayes is one of my favorite ever preachers to listen to. I mean, probably in the top five. I just love, besides him being my friend, I just love the words that he has. And uh, so I I was preaching and uh, Randy and Renee Clark's at a conference and uh, Mike was over there just writing down like crazy. And I thought, oh, wow. <laughs> One of my buddies, guys that I really look up to, Mike's a little older than I am. And so even though we were friends and hung out together, I, I just, he, I always considered him a step above me, and he's right. So I, I asked him, I said, man, I saw you riding like crazy. What, what, what? He said, uh, I had to do a book endorsement, and I had to have it turned in. <laughs> he was writing something about a book he read that he, and I said, my you just busted my balloon. I thought you were taking notes on me. He said, oh, you didn't say good stuff, you know. So why, why did I bring up Mike? Because he's part of our family. And, and he, he will always be a, a part of our family. So what I'm saying is you may not have recognized it, but what we've been doing up here and talking about my sisters and all and 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 I, first of all we we've just been having some conversation and sort of digging up some memory and uh, I, I, I can tell you if you want to be a part of a church that's going to have fun uh, you you need to be a part of dwell uh, if you want to be a part of a church that's going to really go after God, yeah. uh, you need to be a part of Dwell. If if you're looking for a church where uh, 
people don't make mistakes, uh, don't, don't, don't start coming to dwell because <laughs> you'll make a mistake and then it'll mess everything up for all. <laughs> no, you, if you're looking for a, a, a church where uh, uh, when people make mistakes, they're sort of tossed aside like um, uh, some garbage, you know, and that can't, uh, or maybe I, I call, I call what, oh, this, I'm getting in trouble right already. I call what some religious denominations do to their ministers, they turn them into paper plate pastors. You, you know what, paper plates? Have you ever reused a paper plate? Well, maybe you tried for your second pass around at Thanksgiving. But if you're like me, I don't trust that paper plate after about one time. I got to put some reinforcements under it because do you know what? Some people, if, 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 the, if people in the church or John Doe makes a mistake or they do this, they sort of, everybody just pretends like they don't. And, and, and they become paper plate people that yeah. it's one time use. Oh, sorry, you got dirty. Right, right. <laughs> Apparently they've forgotten that we use real plates. My mom thought if you ever served a meal to your family on paper plates, this is really true. She thought if you ever served a meal on paper plates, you were going to hell. <laughs> she didn't make any of the rest of us feel like that because we live in hell at our house. I, I can tell you that. Uh, we, we use lots of paper plates. In fact, we have, we have to buy them at Sam's, you know, the big things. Uh, so we used paper plates, but my mom, she was old school. In fact, once a week we ate in the dining room and uh, table and uh, we had to kind of like, you know, look good, smell good. Uh, it, she just, we use real plates. Uh, for one thing, uh, they can be washed. Uh, and have, have, have you ever, did you know that uh, what can wash yeah. away my sin? Yeah. The best detergent in the world is nothing but the blood of Jesus. And uh, so Dwell is a church. We believe in detergent. We even believe in deodorant. Uh, detergent, the odor. I mean, we're, uh, why? Because people can get dirty and get clean yes, yes. and we want them back at the table the next time we're gathered. Um, okay, I'm, I'm, we're, we're just... Is, it, is this okay so far? I mean, I got some, some real, 
I grew up in a, 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 a pastor's home, and I grew up listening to my dad, who was a leader of pastors, uh, help other pastors. That's what he, I happened to be in the car when he would get the phone calls, you know, that something tragic had happened at a church. I'll never forget one time, and he don't, my dad never, I, I, this is one conversation, I, he, he passed maybe five years ago, and this is one conversation I never, I forgot to have this with him, I, me, I meant to tell him about this in all the years, but it's something that happened, I, 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 I know I was slight, I had to be like 12 or 13, just about that, that age, and he, I think he was taking me to school, if I remember right, because it was rushed early morning, and he got a, a phone call, and and he it was one of those where it's, uh, that's when he just got that's that's when cell phones you couldn't put them in your pocket in those days they they came in a sack or a bag or something like, and 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 he. He, and he got a call, and I, I knew if anybody called him on there, first of all, it was, it was important. And he rolled his eyes and, and pulled up at the school, and we just had to say, love you, Dad, and get out. And, but I, I was able to, I heard one side of a lot of conversations. You can't learn everything listening to one side of a conversation, but you can learn a lot. Uh, and by the way, don't turn prayer into a one-sided conversation where you're the one only talking. Do you want to know why people find it a hard time praying? They're tired of talking for an hour. <laughs> Just shut up and listen sometimes. I can say that because it's family night. Okay, I can just... Uh, to be honest, you just need to just listen. And, and if 50% if of your prayer time is not just some good antiseptic listening, yeah. listen, do you really think you're going to tell God something he don't know? You just need to ask for his help about stuff he already knows. And, you know, and uh, it's okay to talk it over. That's fine. Talk all you want, but listen. Yeah. And so I, listening is, it turns it prayer into a two-way conversation. I didn't know what the other, but I knew enough at 12. My, my dad was saying things, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, brother. Oh, oh, my God. Is, 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 is he going to be able to keep his family together? You know, and I, could, I knew, okay, so somebody's marriage is in trouble. Some, it's, somebody's messed up. I, I don't know. I didn't know who did what. It really didn't matter. And I, oh, brother, and, you know, my dad's empathizing. And, and so I'm getting to one side of this. And my dad never knew how much impact that, that conversation had on me. Uh, but I, 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 I'd been around and been around pastors long enough. I, I could fill in the blanks maybe better than, and, and so this is roughly kind of what the unheard part. He was, the pastor was talking about, that it was his son, and he was talking about his son 
maybe, I don't know who had the affair. You know, it really don't matter. Because, you know what our boss, you know, we, we have a boss, okay? His name's Jesus. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, our boss said, if you look at someone and lust comes in your heart, well, it's just like you committed the, uh, uh, an act of sensual sin because it, it's really all about your heart and your head. And so uh, there's, there's, there's a lot more guilty people hanging around at church than you know about. Oh, no, no, I didn't say, no, they didn't do something that you knew that could be arrested, that could show up in the paper, that could do, no, 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 no. But if you could only get inside their head, their heart, yeah. So we all, do you know, I made a mistake one time when I was um, young. Uh, My mom, she always, you know, we had dinner plate, and, 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 and then we had, like, if it was salad, we had a separate plate. For, and I grabbed uh, mine and maybe my sister's because we didn't eat salad. I mean, I, what happens to you at a certain age? My, my oldest daughter loves turnip greens now. <laughs> This is a girl, I, it make, I'm, I'm like, are you the same kid I raised that it was, it was French fries and that, that was it? That was the extent. Now, that some, your, your taste buds change when you turn 29, I, something. And, and you start liking vegetables, maybe. Maybe for some, some of you, some people don't grow up till later. They're 40 or whatever. But, uh, but I, we, I, we were not salad eaters in those days. And, um, and so the plate didn't get used. And I went to put the plate up in, in the cabinet because I was my turn to help clean up at the, at the table. And my mom said, what are you doing, son? I'm putting the, putting the place up. My, my plate's not there. She, no, that plate was on the table. We got to wash it. And she proceeded to give me a lesson about germs. And she said, you can't see germs, but they're on there. And we got to wash this too. Why? She said, mainly because you already touched, you touched it. And I don't know where your fingers have been, son. So we're washing it. Do you know there's a lot, there's a lot of people that uh, in, uh, I, I want to call it, you know how they have fake news and fake this and all that? Do you, I've decided, I've, I, I, first of all, when you turn 60, something happens and you feel like I can say some things I couldn't say. When you turn 65, something really happens and you say, I can say whatever the heck I want to. And they have to listen. And so I'm kind of fudging on that part right now. She, we, we have this, you know, fake news, fake this, fake church. Wow. 
you know, I mean, people walking around acting like everything's okay. And do you know that I know that we have to be um, uh, civilized in our, but, but there's a lot of lying that goes on at church. And, and I'll tell you when a lot, you know that time, greet your brother? There's a whole lot of lying that goes on right then because people say, hey, how are you? I'm fine. Big fat liar. That's why. Why are you here on uh, Sunday night at five o'clock? You're you're really not fine because none of us are fine. If you if you if you act like you're fine, fake. Yeah. So I understand you. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm fine. I, you, they're not asking to spill the life story, but. Why, why, you know, it might not be a bad idea instead of uh, get out of the habit a little bit of just saying, no, I'm fine. Like, uh, it's okay when you greet somebody, even if you got 30 seconds to say, I, I've just had a rough week, but I'm here in God's house. And that's what, yeah. Yeah. do you know how refreshing that would be to somebody that walks in that they, I'm not, no, okay, you know, the plate that, all it had on it was my fingerprints and germs that you couldn't see, but it was really very dirty. Uh, there, there are people that walk in the doors and, and visit our churches. I promise you, the dirt that's on their plate, you can see. I mean, it's got uh, uh, broken relationships all behind. I mean, there's salad dressing on this side and ketchup on that side and smashed. I mean, it, it's, it's a mess. It's Sometimes my mom said, would say, hey, I can't put that in the dishwasher. I got to rinse it. And she would wash it before she washed it. And I said, you just need a better dishwasher. She said, go tell your dad that. I, I, I've been telling him, but that she, wash it. Why? Because uh, some of these stains get a little bit, you know. Do, do, do you understand the power of the application? I feel like I'm, it's, it's a Tide commercial right now with the pods. But do you understand the power and the application of the blood of Jesus? The, 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 no pre-soak, no pre, just put put it in there under his blood, and but it, so somebody comes in to our church and they're walking around with their their big dirty plate and they you know they think like all these people at church know how bad I've been, and and. You, they ask, greet your greet people, and they greet, and they say, "Hey, I'm fine." And so everybody's telling the, the, this dirty plate guy, yeah, "I'm fine." So he says, "Man, this is not the place for me." Because everybody here, they're fine, and I'm not. Yeah. Why, why? Why don't we just every once in a while say, uh, "I've had a rough week." Uh, anybody here ever had a a a, a a bad night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, bad nights can turn into good days yeah. when you have the encounters. Yeah. It, and it, 
uh, David talking to you about what happened at, at that church, uh, that wasn't because I said anything. It wasn't, in fact, the, that whole, I might be a good story to tell. Did I ever tell, did I tell them about, in fact, I wasn't supposed to be there either? Do you know, I I, I mentioned something to you. Okay, Lisa, so you're there. I'm going to, you got to forgive me. So uh, I'm going to tell you what happened that that night with Lisa. She'd been going through a rough patch. And we had a drummer that was, couldn't keep beat in a bucket. It was bad. Uh, and I, I knew that one of the most talented drummers around was sitting out there in, in the audience, but she'd been going through a rough, hadn't, hadn't really been going to church that much, but for some reason she liked me and I tried to be non-judgmental and I hope I, hope I was because I, I I, I don't judge. I got enough on my plate. Yeah, yeah. Or, or did you get that? Yeah. I didn't see anybody reach for a pen to write that down. That, <laughs> I, I got enough on my plate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to worry about what's on Lisa's plate. But I, 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 I knew, and this one, that's one of those moments. You know, I mentioned to you earlier, some people need to get slapped. Uh, uh, God slaps me uh, not every month. Um, not, I wouldn't say, uh, yeah, at least once or twice a year. Uh, and it, it, it comes out of the blue, usually I'm not expecting, and, and he slaps me with words. Okay, and when I, when I say slaps me, it's like, it's like, and it gets my attention. And, and that night, I mentally or whatever, I said, oh, it's too bad that Lisa can't be up there playing the drums. And, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to move on in the service. David's leading us and the drummer's lagging behind. And, uh, and, and that God slapped me. I'm in church. I'm trying to worship and help David and pray for the drummer. And God just slaps me. And, and I'll tell you, whenever he slaps me, it doesn't take many words, and I never forget them. But he, he's, this is what he said that night. He said, to, I said, you know, it's too bad Lisa can't help us on the drums. Because I, I, I knew the problems that she'd been having. And, and then, so here's how God slapped me. He said, hmm, since when do I only accept worship from perfect people? Do you see the, the, the finger marks on it? <laughs> kind of red right there? Because you, you know what? I'd said, too bad. And, and, and then he followed it up. He said, I guess you better sit down and stop worshiping too, son. Yeah. 
Ooh, it was stinging right then because uh, I, I'm the preacher. And, 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 and he said, uh, I mean, by the time he finished just kind of looking at me, God looking at me, I wasn't sure I, was, I could even preach that night because how, how big, fat, bad sinner I was. And I, I knew I could not, I couldn't go through that. And I had to go back there and talk to Lisa while the service was going on. And I told her. And I basically kind of translate. I said, look, we, we need you. Oh, I can't. I, and I, I, I used my dad's words. Since when do you have to be perfect to be a worshiper? And I asked her, I said, Lisa, are you still a worshiper? And she started crying. And she said, you know I am. I said, get up there. I was ready to kick that drummer off anyway. <laughs> Get up. We, we need, we, and it, you, do you know why? It taught me something. And I don't think that was the last bump, speed bump in the road of life that she encountered, but I'm going to tell you what, something happened that night. Yeah. Something changed. And I, I, I've never forgot. So, do, do you know how close I could have come to not say? So I haven't learned very much in, in, in all of this God business. But the one thing I have learned is I know his voice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now that you got to learn. That means listening, okay? That means, so you got to learn. I know his voice. Yeah. And... I made my mind up that even when I don't understand, yeah. I'm going to do whatever he said. So the night that your pastor is talking about that when the glory of God invaded, I want to tell you how that came about. I was preaching in Conroe, Texas. Uh, I mean, that's what I do every weekend. And, uh, I was there, and I, uh, that morning, Sunday, I was supposed to just preach Sunday morning. I think I'd been there Saturday night, maybe a, a Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, and at some point that morning, early enough that I could have my stuff packed, God spoke to me and told me, and if, first of all, God, God don't tell you like, you know how there's A, B, C, D? Uh, he, he don't tell you all of them. He just says A. Right. He said, but he, just right. do, do A. And he said, first of all, he said, uh, you can't preach here tonight. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, God, this is, uh, I know that's you. Yeah, good morning. Uh, but this is going to get awkward because, you know, it's a big deal. Um, um, this, tonight, a lot of churches are coming together. Uh, I, can't, I can't preach here. Uh, is it, you know, is the problem me? And no. And then he, he told me, he said, 
David was a music minister at a church in the suburbs of Chicago. And the pastor and I have been friends, still are friends. Talked to him two weeks ago. Uh, and uh, I had preached for him before. I, I'm, I'm going to leave his name unsaid because it's just, it's really not even a part of the equation. It's because it's all... It's, this point was about me and God spoke to me and said you have to be in Chicago told me the name of the church you know and, and I'd preach there and said you have to be there tonight and I, I said uh, does he know that and God said no I'm not telling him I'm telling you I said but, but you know this me showing up I he said, I, I didn't say you were going to preach. I just said you, oh. See, that's a little arrogant. Assume when I show up, I'm supposed to preach. He, he didn't say, he said, no, I didn't say anything about you preaching. I just said, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. And that was it. No further explanation. No, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do this. No, just I need you to do that. And I had to have, I packed my stuff up, and the guys picking me up wondered why. And uh, the pastor, uh, before church, church that morning, I said, hey, man, i got to have a conversation with you. And I, I told him, and I, I, wouldn't tell, I didn't tell him the city even. I, I just said, I know this sounds awkward, and I don't even know the reason why. But this morning, God spoke to me, and he said, I have to go to, uh, and I, I thought maybe I'm supposed to talk. I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether they have something to tell me or I have some. And you know what? That pastor was so gracious. He said, you know what? You're the kind of guy that I would want speaking into my life. Because if you, you, you don't even know why you're going and you're going. I said, R really? I don't. And that's why it's awkward. He said, you're totally released. And they got a car ready, had a sandwich. By the time I finished preaching, I, I, I had to call uh, my secretary, Sherry. You remember Sherry? And tell Sherry, it's Sunday morning. I said, hey, I don't know if you're going to have to miss church or not, but you, you got to get me a plane ticket from Houston. What? She said, what, somebody died? She, I said, no, not that I know of. <laughs> that's the closest answer I had. And she said, well, why are you going? I said, Sherry, I don't know. And there are, they're used to me knowing I'm, I'm, I'm the boss. I know everything. If I don't know it, I have to pretend that I do. But uh, honesty, we, we, you know what? It's, uh, honesty is a pretty good thing to have. Uh, so I uh, make arrangements, and she has a rental car. I get in the car. I know about how long it's going to take to drive from O'Hare Airport to where the church is. And it's pretty interesting because I, in my mind, I think, okay, I'm going to get there. I know their church service starts at 7. I should get there about 6. And in my mind, I thought, I'll, I know where his, the pastor's office is. I know he'll be surprised to see me because he don't know I'm coming. And I'll, 
I'll, I'll just go in there. And I said, maybe he'll be dealing with a problem and say, oh, Tommy, I'm so glad you're here. Or maybe he'll say, oh, I'm glad you came. I had a word from God for you. I, you know, I, I, I really didn't know what I was, but I, what, what did happen was something I never expected in my entirety of my life. I got to church. I got there an hour early. The parking lot was jam full. And I thought, maybe they've changed the time. It, it was cold. There was snow on the ground. And I parked by where the staff goes in, in the back door. And I, I knew, you know, I'd been there. And when I went, the door was locked. Oh, okay. So if they started church an hour early, the, maybe they locked this door. I went around through the the main doors were locked. I could tell there was people in there. I could hear them. They were praying up a storm. Uh, but there was nobody, no random wandering usher or 13-year-old. No, no, nobody was out there, which is very unusual. I mean... And I went back around to where I parked because if I thought, if I, I'm, I'm freezing. I'm going to get my car. And I, I stood at the door and I could see through the door where I sat. If you looked to the left, it to, you looked towards the office uh, offices. If you looked to the right, you could see it kind of be, be like seeing inside a door over to the side like this. And I could see in there, the door was open and there was a, they had a couple ushers that sat right there. And I could see those guys were ushers. They had on ushers coats, but, and, and I could, but nobody was, they weren't turned around. They weren't looking at me. And I, I'm, I'm beating, I'm banging. It's too far away to hear, and I'm, I'm about to. And about that time, one of them got up and uh, walks toward me at the, and stops and sees me at the door. And I'm, I got my suit and tie on because I've still got from that morning. And uh, he sees me, and he doesn't come to the door. Well, you need to fire those kind of ushers. I mean, I would. <laughs> Open doors. He went back and sat down and started talking to the other usher. And the other usher turned and looked. And it's like they looked at me, and I didn't have a beard then. I mean, I, I really clean up nice. Uh, and I, 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 I did not look like a, a, somebody about to rob the church. A suit, tie, a Bible, and a thing under my arm. And uh, I looked pretty harmless as far as I thought. Uh, but, and they, they just looked and they would talk to one another. But they, finally, they both got up and they came and they would not unlock the door. There's glass and there's a crack. And so they're talking to me through the crack of the door. And I'm thinking, what is going that's why I'm here. I got this. I, 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 this is, and I said, hey guys, um, 
I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't know church had started. They said, well, church hadn't started. I said, oh, I, I see the parking lot. We're having a prayer meeting. And I said, oh, oh, good. <laughs> Can I? And they said, no, you can't come in. Now, you want to start thinking, okay, now, wait a minute, God. I apologized and wriggled off of the hook from, and, and now I, I get up here and I can't go in. And I said, what do you mean I can't come in? They said, pastor said you can't. And I thought, and this is honestly, I thought, they don't know who I am. I am Tommy Tenney. Did you know that? I'm Tommy. Uh, see my name on the book? You know you're important when your name is as big as the title of a book. Now, now I, you know how my first book, it wasn't that way when it first came out, and they did a reprint of the cover and put my, when it started selling, I didn't know that. But now you know, okay. I'm, I'm Tommy Tenney. Do you know, but people get impressed when they meet me, usually. <laughs> you, you guys are just going to pick your kids up and bring them in. Bring them in. It's family night. I, 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 get, I get that, but I thought, these ushers don't know who I am. And I said, hey, guys, because uh, they were about to walk off again. I said, hold, hold on. I said, I'm a friend of Pastor. And, and they said, oh, no, we know who you are. You're, you're Pastor Tommy Jenny. We know. And I still can't come in. I mean, if it's one thing that you don't know who I am and you won't let me in, it's another thing if you know who I am and you won't let me in. And, and they, they, they left and talked, and, and I, I thought, well, I'm I was really feeling pitiful and uh, like I missed God. Or, and, and they came over and they said, we've talked, two, two ushers. They said, we've talked to each other. And we don't want to bother pastor right now because he's in there really praying. And uh, they unlocked the door at first, which was great. I got to walk inside and they said, look, uh, we've talked and we decided that it's probably okay to let you in. <laughs> I, get, I get to go to church. And I said, thank you. It was cold out there. And they said, uh, but they said, can you just kind of sneak in? And I said, I, I really, I, you know, and they said, just, you know, right here. And, and they, I did. And literally there was, on the front row, which went that way, there was nobody at that end, and I went, came in about at that door and sat at the end, and I sat down, but I looked at, most people were kneeling, and they were, and, and people at that point, they were really praying. I'm not talking about just, you know, there's times when, you know, thank you for the gravy and the biscuits, and <laughs> no, people were praying. And uh, they, they did tell me this. 
I said, I'm sorry, I didn't know church started. They said, no, it starts at seven. They said, the reason the door's locked, and they said this. Okay, now, remember, somebody in here is listening to God, and it really helps if everybody's listening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was, you should have written that down. Thank you. I saw one person get a, a pinch. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you really, it's, it, it's, it's good if somebody's listening, but it's, it's way better if everybody in the family is listening. And evidently, Pastor had been listening, but he didn't know I'd been listening. And he had gotten really hungry for God to just show up. Yeah. And, and this is a pastor who can organize anything. I'm not kidding you. I'm not. He can organize camels coming down the aisle of the church on Easter weekend. He, he, he's, he's, but he knew that what he wanted from God, that revival kind of thing we're talking about, that dwell, you know, he, he, he knew that what he wanted, he could not organize. Right, right. And that, that with all the buttons available to pastors, we don't have access to some buttons. And if they get pushed, it's from a pay grade way above ours. And he had gotten desperate that morning and I, and uh, you, you can correct it, but he had said, come back tonight and I'm locking the doors at six o'clock. The, the ushers told me, lock the doors at six o'clock. Not gonna, oh, if you're not here, sorry, you can't come in. We'll reopen the doors at seven for the church service. But if you really want an encounter with God, I want you to be there at church and we're gonna pray. And that's what they were doing. And I happened to walk in. Now I'm starting to think, oh, maybe. Maybe I did hear from God, but I still don't have a clue. And pastor got up, and I, I'm, I'm, this is a pastor who is fastidious about always looking nice. I mean, when I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, he, but he's fastidious. He, he always is just. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time when he bought me a suit and I thought, that is the coolest suit. Because <laughs> he just always had it going. When he got up, he'd been somewhere around in this area. When he got up to walk up to the front to start the service, I had never seen him in such disarray as he was right then. His tie was sideways over here. You know, it's like he's tried to put it back, but, it, and he kind of had snot stuff on his face. And um, he, he looked like he'd been in a fight, really. I'm just, he just didn't look. And I thought to myself, I have never seen him look like that. And he gets up there and he acts about half mad. 
he doesn't have a whole lot of words. Do this, do that, just kind of do it. And there was nothing special going on. I'm, I'm still on edge. What, what's, what am I doing? It may be some, they're, they got, maybe they're going to say something because I honestly didn't know. Maybe they're going. And then he got up and he said, oh, Lord, they're already got. Don't play just yet. Okay. <laughs> I haven't even, I've quoted 20 scripture, but I haven't read one yet. You got to wait till I read something and then, okay, then, then we can. So, it's family night, okay? I know what he's doing. Uh, so, he gets up there, and there was another preacher friend of mine that was there. And, and he gets up, and they've gone through, and, and it's, t- it's time to have for somebody to preach. And I thought, you know, okay, Part of maybe when I'm going up there is I'm to preach. And I have to be honest with you, the pastor, uh, I did try to get his attention a couple of times, you know, like, and I know he saw me, but he refused to acknowledge me. You know, it's just kind of like, and so uh, again, they won't let me in the church. Now the pastor won't even look at me. And he, he sees me, but he won't look at me. And as he's entered, he says, look, guys, uh, we have a special speaker here tonight. And a guy flown in from California was there to speak. And he said, uh, all of you know we had a special speaker. But, and then he said, but I noticed our, our friend and my friend, uh, Tommy Tenney, is here tonight. And this is what he said. I, I may get a little bit wrong. But so he said, I don't know why he's here. I didn't know he was coming, but maybe he has something to say before the preacher preaches. So, and, and he walks down and there's only one set of steps. And so he walks down those and we passed each other on the steps and I grabbed him by the shoulder and I said, what do you want me to, he's, and he looked at me and like, I don't really care. He said, no, he said it. I don't really care what you do. I am so desperate. Yeah. I'm just fed up. And, and something hit me at that right then. Yeah. And I said to him, called him by name, I said, it could get dangerous. Because I have seen what happens when a spark and gasoline come together. My editor was helping me work on this book. He showed up to help me work on the book, and we were working on it. And you ever seen somebody, and you're good friends with them, but, you know, something that's like, I would come home from a trip, and my wife would have dyed her hair, and I... I knew something was different, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And, I, and she was like, well, haven't you noticed? And then I'm really in trouble. But, and so I'm talking to my editor, Larry, and I couldn't figure out what, something weird. 
And finally, after all day working, I look at him and said, dude, you lost your eyebrows. <laughs> and I'd been working with him all day long. His, he had no eyebrows. They were gone. I, and, you know, he had a good growth. Of, I, I said, I'm sorry, Larry. I, I kept looking. At, he said, yeah, I was burning some trash yesterday. <laughs> And I put some gas on the trash pile, and I happened to be sent. It said, sends the eyebrows right off of me. <laughs> they were all curled up. He said, I, they're, they're just gone. I, I know what happens yeah, yeah. when the right spark. That's why I can travel around and preach everywhere, and I don't feel any pressure on me like I have to do anything make anything happen. David was talking about the glory of God. I wrote some things down. He said, but one of the things I want you to understand, when the glory of God really shows up somewhere, you don't have to have somebody tell you that he's there. No, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to have a hype man up there. He's here, he's here. No. If he really shows up like he can show up, you don't need to say he's here. You don't need to say the goal. You, uh, in, in fact, what can happen that you don't understand is after he comes, you know how a bride comes in and then after her, uh, we call it the train, the, the veil, after she comes in, she's, Halfway down the aisle, she's still coming in. Do you know that God can show up at a place and pack so much of his presence in that even after he's in the room, he's still coming in. And he just keeps coming in until literally he can put so much of his presence in there that the oxygen is gone out of the air and you'll die because his glory just is, 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 and I've seen what happened. And when I said to him, I said, it could get dangerous. And he said, I don't care. Uh, I got a, and if I remember right, I, I had a book with me. And all I can, I'd been studying something, and I, I read, if I remember right, David, I read or I quoted something out of it. Do you remember? I think you quoted something. Quoted? Okay. I, and I didn't get very much out. Right. And listen, it wasn't anything worth pulling a pen out to write down. But I knew, all, all, I knew, okay, so uh, I'm, I'm not under any pressure. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not, not the one to cause the explosion. I'll tell you, my job, I'm, I am a Holy Ghost arsonist. Okay, that's the best way. And my job is I travel around and I carry a pocket full of matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I got a bunch of them. And I get up and 
I, I start striking matches. And, and I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of my secret matches is, here's a secret about God. Do you know he eavesdrops on our conversations? And if you ever really want him to get close, start talking about him to somebody else. Just go. Don't start. You don't even have to start talking to him. Start talking about him to somebody else. And the next thing you know, he's going to be right there and, and listening in because he, he likes to hear when you talk about it. Do you know the essence of good preaching is just to talk good enough about him? That he comes down to say, I like what you're saying. And, and then people forget about, oh, he's got eloquent words. And they say, oh, he was here. You don't have to take notes when he shows up. Because he leaves imprints like footprints on your life and they're the kind not, not like the sand on the beach where you leave a footprint and the next time the tide comes no when, when he steps it's like do it, you know he can take his finger and write on stone when he steps on your heart or as in Jacob's case that the brook Jabbok stepped on his hip he never walked the same again do you know that means that uh, Jacob actually lost a fight. Some people win fights that they should have lost. Wow. And, and he lost that fight and he limped ever since. But when he saw his brother, his brother didn't want to kill him. Because yeah. you can't kill a cripple guy. Yeah. Do you know, if you just go ahead and put your brokenness on display, yeah. you might be surprised. People might think... I, I, I can learn. And do you know what else God draws near to? I, oh, I'm, 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 I'm striking some matches. And are you feeling? He, he, so the, uh, he's near to the brokenhearted. As humans, we run from brokenness. And he runs to brokenness. So tell me, why do we run from what he's running towards? Because we don't like brokenness. I get it. But now when something bad happens in my life, because you, you can things can get broken, I have learned that the silver lining behind those dark thunderclouds is I will have a close encounter with him before this is over. Because what kind of parent is it? You know, when your kids fall down, a mom can hear 22 children cry in a nursery and not get up. But when number 23 cries, and that's the number in her pocket, she don't have to go show ID. That's, no, her, she knows that's... That. Sometimes we... He knows when it's us crying... And he is attracted. You know, your kids can get hurt in the backyard and you'll run out there. What's wrong? And by the time you get there, they don't even remember which knee they hurt. 
This is one of them. And half of what they need is your hug. And he knows that. And he doesn't mind coming from heaven just to give out hugs or to put a splint on a broken leg. Don't get embarrassed about your brokenness. Dwell is not going to be a place where we sit around and all act like everybody's fine. No, your plate gets dirty. You break things in your life, and you need your heavenly Father. And this is where we come, and we learn. Talk about him, he shows up. Then you talk to him, and things happen. And on that night, I'm a paragraph or whatever, and... When I tell you, I, I know God, and, and, and the glory of God, I'm not, we have so cheapened God's vocabulary by talking about this. We throw these words around. I, 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 listen, my wife will tell you, uh, when I was young and growing up, I dated, if it was pretty and wore a skirt, I wanted to meet her. I dated it ever, but I had a funny thing, a funny thing, something, my mom and dad never told me this, they just said, you always be careful with, about, I refuse to throw the word love around, right. I never told all of those 900 girls that I, I didn't tell any of them I loved them, she was the first one I ever told I loved, yeah. first one. I, 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 that, that's just me. I, I, I know some things when I know, and I don't want to cheapen it, but vocabulary. I didn't want to cheapen the word love until I really met the one. And I've heard the words glory thrown around, but and I didn't say God wasn't there. Okay, please, I understand. I'm not saying... God is not there. I'm just saying you have no idea how much more of him you can access. And that's what Dwell Church is all about, the more. That's why it's called Dwell. We don't want to just visit with our dad. We want to live with him. That's... And that day, the glory of God came in, and I was trying to figure out what to do because uh, the pastor, I think he was underneath a bench, I think. Uh, that evangelist guy, he was, his tie was sideways. He, everybody, you know what? When the real boss shows up, everybody else resigns real quick and they no I, I was looking for okay I looked for David because I was going to hey, play like this guy's doing plates I'll get him to play David literally was underneath the piano and he wouldn't come out I tried I tried to talk to him and he he was just he he, he didn't talk English and he he, he was babbling and crying, and I, I knew, he's, he's useless. And, I, and we, honestly, I didn't know what to do. 
I, ju I just was in, uh, in amazement. But David, David can tell you, it, it was... And, and af after church, we, we talked about it. I said, yeah, I, I don't know why. He, he said, tell me, why were you here? I said, I just had a voice whisper that all, all really God needed was any, any dumb farmer that can keep matches in their pocket. Would they please go to Chicago? I got a bunch of fuel piled up. And all I need is about 10 words and somebody just strike a match. Now, I've been to places where I went through my whole box of matches and all we had was some smoke. All I can tell you is their wood was wet. And you've got to get dried out sometimes and hungry and thirsty and desperate. And then he responds. Because if you're so full, one time God slapped me and, and said, words, okay? He said, because we were singing a song, here's my cup. I, what has it? I lifted it. I can't even remember. I'm at, fill my cup, Lord, something to fill my cup. And, and it's like God said to me, Tommy, you are so full of yourself, I can't get one drop of me in there. Oh, yes, okay, I get it. We gotta pour ourselves out, less of us. Yes. Put your brokenness on display. Put your, be proud of your emptiness. Yes. Yes. I don't know nothing, I don't have anything. I need him for every breath I breathe. The woman that put the empty vessels in her house the neighbors knew the desperation she was going through and they probably thought, oh, we need to give her a pot of soup. If they had put soup in the pot that they gave her, in order to obey the command of the prophet, the woman would have had to pour the soup out before she got home where her starving boy was. When soup is what we need. No, what you, you think you need soup or steak, what you really need is emptiness. Because your emptiness takes on a value. God honors emptiness. When you hold and say, fill my cup, Lord, and he said, you're so full of yourself and your plans and you're this and you're that. Why don't you start holding an empty cup up to him and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I, just go ahead and be that and see what God will do. Because I want to tell you, if God would send me from a church in Houston, Texas to go to Chicago, do you know what Okay, you heard of that guy Zacchaeus? Did you hear, you, you heard about him? You know, he is in the Bible and he's famous for being short. <laughs> Little. And the Bible says that Jesus looked up in a tree and saw him and said, I'm coming to your house. And when Zacchaeus hit the ground, here's what Zacchaeus said, Pastor David. He said, here and now I give half my goods. So, was he saved? 
anybody that's given half their money away right then who was a slave to their money before they climbed that tree, somehow that guy got saved on the way down. And Jesus went to his house. And then one day it dawned on me, how far in advance did God have to plan? And I looked up sycamore trees, because that's what we were told, I'm not sure. Sycamore trees are some of the oldest, slowest growing. 50 years before, God had to organize all of this stuff, get it ready. Why? For that one day, I, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to make him climb it. I just need that tree to be available. God is going to call for you to be available at certain times, certain people. And I want to tell you the key to your future. Just maybe if, if this is the word for you, Obedient. Okay. Know his voice. You, know, you have no idea how you're surrounded by hurting people. I don't know. Did, did, it, did that help any of you tonight a little bit? Just talking? All right. Uh, I, I, I had a whole bunch of notes. In fact, I was writing notes. But, but uh, this afternoon, and I said, that's all in one of the book, a book I got with me. So I, I got a box. I said, why do I write notes? So I had plenty of notes to, I got like 200 pages of notes to preach from you about tonight. And I, I'll tell you what I was going to say. She, she got up and she said, what's the name of your song about the house? I want to build a house, okay? Here, here, here's what uh, God spoke to me about, to talk to you about building God's favorite house. I, I, I swear, you've heard that before, right? It's because I didn't know. The publisher renamed this book. It used to be called God's Favorite House. That's what I still call it. I didn't know they renamed it till I got it in the mail. But, uh, it, it does talk about a doorkeeper. Okay, I get it. But God's Favorite House, that's what you're building here at and I, I want to throw these two words in as, as a step down today. And we have used the word sometimes in, in, in an equivalent fashion, the word house and the word home. But there, there's a difference. And, and the difference between how, house in its a more formal definition is um, it's, Sheetrock and a house is a physical structure. A home is because I, 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 I know positively that some houses are not like a home. Some of you grew up in places like that. A dwell is not going to be a place that's famous for the building, it's going to be famous for the Father. Well, I, I, I'm not against. I hope I, I'm not against nice building. I, I'm not against new building. I'm not not against, But dwell is not a place that's going to be famous for the building. Yeah. It's going to be famous for His presence. Yes, yes, yes. That means we're not going to concentrate maybe quite so much on the. 
building of the house part as the making of the home part. We want to create that because, you know, we use the term, oh, I'm homesick. Ever use the term homesick? Have you ever used the term, oh, I'm house sick? No, you don't get sick for the house. You get sick for the relationship. I miss all of that. We want to create the environment that lets people know what they've been missing. And suddenly they, because if you ever meet him, then you can put up with me. And that's really what happens at church. We just all put up with each other. Yeah, your, your plate gets dirty too. And, and, we, and we, but when he shows up, it's, it's all about him. Um, so my scripture is Acts chapter 15. And it says that I will restore David's tabernacle. That's the one, okay, that's in the book of Amos, it's in the book of Acts, it's in the Old Testament, it's in the New Testament. So anytime the Bible says something once, listen. If it says it twice, really listen. It says it in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's, it's moved beyond just a truth, it's a principle. And why did he say, I'm going to build David's tabernacle? Your pastor David's going to talk to you all about it. You can get one of my books out there with my name on it, and I'll, I'll sign it for you. But uh, it's about building a dwell. Okay, your assignment is make this building into your home. Yeah, yeah. Put the Father in his place. Yes, yes. And, you know, it's anniversary. Anniversaries is when, you know, you go back and eat at, a place um, that you um, and you, you build a home. We kind of, you know that. I, I don't know what you're playing, but you know that that holy, holy, holy that we were doing earlier. Yeah. Uh, we're stuck on that. Can can you just do that? Yeah. Hey, come, come help me. I, I I want us to just. We don't have to get stuck like they they did uh, in Kentucky. Just I want you to sing sing through it once if you can. If there's, then then I want to. Listen to, to this words. Uh, everybody say holy. holy. Okay. This is what what your what your this is a this is what you're you're actually when we do this we're copying heaven because the angels surround his throne okay and they look at him and they say holy. Holy. Uh, they don't say pretty. Pretty. They don't say beautiful. Beautiful. I, is he beautiful? Yes. Is he pretty? Yes. 
They don't, they don't, but they say holy. It's because holy is the only descriptive word that you can use to describe him if you ever meet him. Now, see, the first time he came, he sort of snuck in through the back door and the barnyard in Bethlehem, and then he didn't, he didn't come in his glory. He came in his humility. The next time he comes, yes. you, should, you should read some of the descriptions in the book of Revelation. Do you know when he comes, he's wearing a stack of crowns on his head? Not, not one. He's got that, every kingdom that he's ever taken dominion, he's got that, he's got a stack of crowns. And if you look, I've never seen him like that. No, because you've never really seen him in his glory. When he comes back the next time, the first time he came, the world of the angels sang about it, the angels and a few shepherds, but the, the rest of the world, um, oh yes, we mark time in A.D. and B.C. Yes, yes, I get, I get all that. But the world did not honor him. When he comes back the next time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You, don't, you won't have a choice. Because holy. Let's just sing, sing that, David. Worthy is the Lamb. Okay. Oh. The, when when they look at him and they, they the angels descriptive word all they they just keep repeating that word holy 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 holy. When Jesus came back to the disciples after he was resurrected, they didn't recognize him. Why? I'll tell you. They had never seen him without a veil. And he looked different. I'm talking about close people, different. Uh, and so... What I'm saying is, if you ever see a holy God, it will render, this is what I was typing right now. If you ever see him in his glory, it renders whatever you knew about church previously as unrecognizable. Like, oh, we thought that was church. That's why he talks about these things. It will render, you, you, you say you've, you've met God, I, I know you have, but can I tell you, he's got more of him to show you than what you could ever, he's gonna come in the building and he's gonna keep coming in until his glory fills the place. And it renders whatever your concept of God was before you had that encounter, it, it's so, it's almost unrecognizable. And at the same time, it's absolutely familiar. That's him. That's who I want to spend some time with. And that's what I want to tell you. I want to be, I want to see the sixth anniversary and I want to see family created and 
This is, this is going to become a home, a spiritual home, not a, a beautiful building, but a holy encounter with a glorious God. Say that with me. A holy encounter with a glorious God. And I don't, I want, I won't accept anything less. Because if you ever have that, it's kind of like chocolate ice cream. If you ever get chocolate, you may never want vanilla again. Although I'm a, I belong to the denomination of strawberry. But I promise you, if you ever meet him and he comes in his glory, yes, yes. you'll suddenly say, I. I know what Pastor David was talking about. Okay, this family night, I told stories and talked a long time, and the kids are back in here. That's what grandpas do. But I'm, I love you, I'm behind you, and I can't wait. Keep praying with me for uh, Ukraine. Just like I love you, I, I love them. Um, and I, uh, I've been twice during the war. I'm getting ready to go again. And I want to thank this church, an, an anonymous donor from this church and what this church put together allowed us to buy one of 12 vans that we use and, and they are tore up. It's just they, because they've been going through potholes created by bombs and craters and all we've done since the war is rescue people and, and help the hurting and because you sowed something into that back then God, God's going to take care of your stuff too you, you don't need to worry about it you're, you're, you're OB I, I, I don't want to say go south this time son but uh, how about we stay where we are for a little while? I don't know. For right now, anywhere, because this is where it's got the kiss of God. You're in a good place, Dwell Church. You got good people. You love, how many of you love David and Nicole? Do you really love them? If you're ever mean to them, I'm coming. Come on, yeah, show them some love. It's five years. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.